So today's Father's Day, obviously, um, this is, this is one of those days when I'm really glad that we're not doing like a series. Um, we, I mean, we're kind of doing a series, but we're not. It's the anti-series. It's called the unseries. So um, none of these really, they're not coming from a specific book in the Bible. We're just kind of taking our time, working through kind of what we feel like God's saying at the specific time. And today's Father's Day. So that's a good day, right? And it can be a hard day at the same time for some people. Um, just kind of depends on your dad, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like if you had a great dad, then you're like, man, today's going to be a great day. And if you didn't have a great dad, if you didn't even know your dad, then this isn't such a great day. Um, so it's a little bit weird. I just want to make sure today that I'm, I'm able to share with you kind of maybe... Just one word. I was like, okay, God, what's one word? I needed to start with un, since we're doing the un series. What's one word that would fit today, that would kind of fit the context of the day, um, that would maybe help us understand, even if it's a good day or a bad day, just one word. And here's the one word today, and it is, I love how you said stubborn. Um, it is unwavering, okay? That's your word today. Is, that sounded like Sesame Street, didn't it? Today's word is un. Wavering. But that's the word today, un, unwavering. Um, so let's just talk briefly. This shouldn't even take long, okay? I want to just make sure that you get this, all right? Um, here's just two points. One on your sheet is this. Dads are unwavering to a point. Dads are unwavering to a point. Um, there's a lot of things that make dads unique. I brought a few pictures that we could show that show how unique dads are. Um, here's one. I love that. I, I, I'd like to say that I'm a manly dad. I, I don't know what a girly dad looks like. Do you? I mean, and if you're here, don't raise your hand if you are. Um, but this is what manly, manly dads need. Um, <laughs> now, to me, I don't know. Um, show of hands. Just leave that there for a second. How many of you had a, a dad like that? that would do something like that at the beach, that would come out of the ocean with seaweed all over him and scare his own daughter half to death. Um, well, I love people that joke around a lot. Um, Wendy, <laughs> thank you, Parker. That's such an honor for you to raise your hand on that. Um, Wendy worked at a, I've told this story to some of you um, just like one-on-one. Wendy worked at this place in, at Baptist Medical Center in Columbia and it says nothing with dads, but just bear with me. It's just that picture reminds me of it. Um, she worked with this guy who lost both of his legs in the war. And he was one of those guys that was, you know, he could have been a victim all of his life, but he just had a different perspective. And so he was always trying to make the best out of all situations. And um, he was with, with a friend at the beach one day, and they decided to have some fun. So they got a bunch of ketchup, and they put ketchup all over his nubs. And then he had his friend drag him out of the ocean yelling, Shark. This dad would do something like that, am I right? That's a dad that would do something like that. And it's not just humans, right? All of us kind of want to, sometimes we want to be like our dad. I found this great picture of, of a dad and his pup. I thought that was, oh, that was so great. Um, so here's the thing. Um, dads, dads are funny, um, maybe more nerdy, right? Dads are always popping off corny jokes. Um, those are just the things that make dads Dad, we, if, if your dad's a good dad, what happens is you hate it for a while, and then at some point you, you kind of start thinking, I'd like to be like that man that drives me crazy. I'd kind of like to be more like him. Here, here's the thing. 
one of the things that we love about dads um, is that unwavering on the good side is that they're kind of like a rock. Remember, um, remember when you'd watch TV and the Chevy commercial would come on and they would, you'd hear Bob Seger singing, like a rock. And that's as far as I'm going to even try to go with that. They picked that for one simple reason. They want men to buy trucks. And men would like to be that. We'd like to be the rock. We want to be the kind of the go-to person. Um, men want to, dads want to be unwavering like that. We want our dads to be unwavering like that. And sometimes when they're not, it's, it's not so good. I've, I've got a quick video we'll show just to kind of let you see what I'm talking about. Okay, so dads, um, that's kind of the, the good and the bad, right? So halfway through the video, we're like, yeah, I can relate to that. Like, my dad wasn't there for me. And then at the end, we're like, oh, shoo, maybe he's a better dad than what I had. You just never know what you're going to get on a day like Father's Day, do you? Dads are unwavering. We want them to be unwavering. We want to know we can count on them. Um, we watch movies like Taken. We want to be that guy. Here's the thing, though. Here's the problem. We, we get, as dads, we do get confused we take unwavering and it becomes stubborn. We take unwavering and it becomes, I'm not going to yield. This is my house. You'll do what I say. I've said those words. And then it gets really ugly. Like you want to bring your friends over, but you can't because your dad's in his boxers. Without other pants over them. Dad, uh, you want to, like, put on some clothes? No. But, like, my friends are coming. Yeah, they're coming to my house. My house. Okay, we'll just find somewhere else to go, Dad. Thanks, anyway. We can take it too far. And here's what I want you to understand. If, at some point, dads, they let us down. Because dads are unwavering to a point in a sinful world. Being unwavering can become hard and unbearable. But here's the good news, all right? Here's the good news. If dads are unwavering to a point, God is unwavering to a fault. Now, let me explain this theologically, okay? Because some of you, you know, it's a wide spectrum of people in here. Some of us are like, hey, that's cool. Like, I see how, like, you did the whole dads and then thing and then God and then fault. And some of you are like, you just said God can have a fault? What? Heresy! God's perfect, right? He's perfect. What I mean by this is that God is unwavering farther than most of us ever would be. We're the ones going, yo, God. I mean, it's like, I know you're God and all, but seriously, they don't deserve that. So we're going to spend our time today in, in one, one story. It's in Luke chapter 15. It's, it's a story that you've heard of, and you've heard it with the wrong title, because you've heard the story of the prodigal son. But really, this should be titled the prodigal father. And here's what I mean by that. Prodigal just means to lavish. It means, it means to, to do more than you should, to go far beyond what you should. And so we say, well, this is the prodigal son, because look at all the bad stuff he did. But this is a story about a dad. This is a story about a dad who does more than you would ever expect him to do. Luke chapter 15. Here's what we find out in that story. That there are two sons. One rebels and squanders his resources. And he finds himself far from home. Far from his dad. There's just two important phrases in the story. We'll just look at two phrases. 
First in, in verse 17. Luke 15 verse 17. Says this. When he, and he's the son, when he came to his senses. So um, how far do you have to go to come to your senses? I'm still looking for mine. Like, I read this story and I'm thinking, okay, here's the deal. Dad, can I have my stuff? You got to understand in this culture, there's two sons, the older and the younger. So the older son would get two thirds of the money of the inheritance. <laughs> it's good to be firstborn, right guys? The second would get a third and he would get less than a third if there were girls because they would have to save some of that money for the dowry. So you got this dad and if he's only got two sons, if that's all he's got, the older son is going to get two thirds. So I'm thinking at some point in the story, the older son's like, I'm really glad my younger, my younger brother asked for the inheritance because he got his two thirds and then this younger son got his one third. And he was, he like booked his ticket. Travelocity, Expedia, wherever. Like he just got on a plane and he went to a distant foreign country and he was not responsible. And he blew it all. Didn't think about getting a job. Just blew the money. And then when the money's gone and all the friends that like to party and like this guy because he paid for them, when they stopped hanging around, he realized suddenly I better find some way to make some money. So he gets a job as a Jew, okay, feeding pigs they're slop, pig slop. He's not supposed to even be near, Jew, near pigs as a Jew, but that's where he's working. And so I don't know how far down you have to go in life to come to your senses, but that's pretty far down. So if you were on the outside looking in, you would be the one, maybe you've had these conversations, where you're saying to somebody, do not go down that road. Like if you go down that road, at the end of this road, you're going to be feeding pigs pig slop. And they just look at you like, what? I mean, I was a youth pastor for, forever. And you would bring people in to talk to your teenagers, and they would stand up and say, if you do A and then B, you will have C. And then I would stand up as a youth pastor and say, let's just recap. A, B, C. And all my youth would go, yeah, but not for me. If I do A and B, I'll get Z. No, I could, you could line up 100 people with the same testimony, and everybody would still say, it's not going to happen to me. You live like that. So do I. We, we tell everybody, don't text and drive. But we, we will. Just only when I'm pulling away from the light. Because I'll never be the one that has the accident. We tell people not to do things because so we know it's not safe. But then we'll find a way. Because it will never happen to me. This younger son was like that. I'm going to get my money. I'm going to go party. I'm going to have a blast. And the bad stuff will never happen to me. And here he is. He's... Feeding pigs. And the Bible says when he came to his senses, there's another way to say this, when he came to himself. Um, I was reading something that Banning Leapshire, he's the, the founder of Jesus Culture. He put this out this week. He said about that phrase, when he came to himself, think about this. Suddenly he realized that what he was doing was not him. Have you ever been there? Have you ever heard something come out of your mouth? Have you ever said something, done something, and suddenly you just had this moment where you went, wait a second, this is not me. That's what happened to this younger son. It's not who I am. This is not what I was made for. I'm, we would say it like this, I'm better than that. And not in a, like an egotistical, like, I'm better than pig slop. You know, just like, I wasn't made for this. And so he suddenly realizes, this is not who I am. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to tell my dad, 
Look, I don't even want to be your son. I just, can I just hang out at home? Can I just get a job as one of your hired servants? And I'll, and I'll feed pigs at my house. And you can pay me what you pay the people that feed pigs, and I'll just be cool. Just, do you understand at some point here, the, the presence of dad meant more than the provision of dad. He just wants to be around dad. That's all he wants. And so he goes home, second phrase. I love this one. Verse 20 says this. But while he, and he again is the son, but while he was still a long way off. God is unwavering to a fault. So here's what happens. This is, look, this is before the son even gets home, okay? He's a long way off. And I, I don't know, um, I asked you earlier on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being like far away, 10 being really close. Where do you fall today? Are you closer to God today or farther from God today than you were a year ago, a month ago, a week ago, yesterday? And I had my eyes closed, but if I was going to bet, my guess would be well over half the hands, if we were honest, went up. Because most of us know what it feels like to feel far from God. Even when we shouldn't, right? Even when we know that we were saved, we know that he saved us, we know that we're following Jesus, we're doing all the right things, but we don't feel close to God. I can be honest and say this, and my dad's heard me say it, I'm old, and I still could probably count on one, maybe two hands, the times that I have stood in a church service and felt close to God. So don't come... Well, you can come to me because I'm your pastor. I love you. But I get a little bit tired of, I just don't feel it anymore. Welcome to the club. I haven't felt it my whole life. Because depending on what kind of house you were raised in, depending on how you were shown love, might affect how you feel love. So it's easy to feel far from God. So if this morning you feel far from God, let me tell you what happens. What's happening, not just in this story, but what's happening right now for you. Number one, your God sees you. He sees you. Number two, he's not repulsed by you. Let that sink in just for a second. Because some of us, we are repulsed by ourselves. Like, depending on if you're an overachiever or underachiever, <laughs> when I said 1 to 10, and you said in your head, oh, I'm a 4. But I used to be an 8. And so you've, you've spent the last 10, 50, you spent the whole break between trying to get the video to work. You spent that whole time beating yourself up because you used to be an eight, now you're a four. And so you're going, well, if I was God, I'm done with me. We repulse ourselves, but look at this, this, God's not repulsed by you. That's really good news, especially the way some of us smell, right? He's not repulsed by us. It means three, he's looking for us. I mean, don't, don't overthink this, right? The dad saw his son when he was a long way off for one simple reason. He was looking. Like, 
His afternoon ritual was iced tea, lemon, lots of sugar if he's in the south, so it's more like syrup. Out on the porch, rocking back and forth, drinking some tea, standing up, looking down the road. You know why? Because the father expected his son to come home. Now think about that again today, right? So you're not as far, you're farther from God than you used to be. And this morning, instead of God sitting like this, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, white trash. I know how you are, you lazy bum. He's not doing that. I don't think God's drinking syrup, but he's looking for you. He expects you. He's waiting for you. I love that. And you're like, man, dude, how'd you get all that out of one phrase? Because while he was still a long way off, he saw him because he was looking for him. And, and I, I, love, I love what it says, that he was filled with compassion for him. I, I don't know if you can picture this in your head, but son... Walking home, I mean, like, he's, yeah, y'all watch Survivor, anybody watch Survivor in this place? Okay, just me and you, apparently, me, you, and Wendy. You know, like, if you watch Survivor, the first day, they're, like, fat, overweight, you know, whatever, and they're just, like, they look like they've had office desk jobs, and then, like, if they make it to day 40, they're, like, you know, they got the gaunt face, and they're, they're bone thin, and they're, like, they have to keep blurring spots of their parts of their body out because they can't keep their pants up. That, that's what I picture, this guy walking down the road looking like that. He looks bad. And, and what does the dad do when he sees him? His heart is filled with compassion for him. He doesn't, he doesn't walk slowly to his son so that he can prove a point to his son. He doesn't come out to the son and say, well, it's about time he figured it all out. I've been telling you, did you read the little notes that I put when you left? I packed them in your backpack. It said, on day three, you're going to hate this. You better come back. What's your problem? Don't bother coming back if you're not back by Christmas. He didn't point any of that stuff out. Was there a lot of stuff to point out? Yeah. The son was an idiot. He had messed up royally. And the father never Walked up to him, all controlled. Lectured him on point one, point two, point three. Let's talk about how you messed up point four. The Bible says that his, his heart was filled with compassion. We've been spending some time talking about the love buzz, right? You wanted a picture in the Bible of what it looks like to ooze? This is a pretty good picture. And, and right now, already, because we're, we're human, here's where we are. How far do I go? I don't know how far you go. Can we just sum it up like this? You and I will never go far enough. We'll never go far enough. But we're not talking about us. We're talking about God. God is unwavering to a fault. God will always go too far. And in this instance, in something that would never happen in this society, Jesus tells a story about a dad who is so moved by his son who has failed miserably that he ran to him. And no dad in that culture would have done that. He ran to his son. His son has this great speech planned out. And he didn't even get into it before the dad's like, shh, 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 
just shut up. Come here. And just holds him. He restores him. Listen, what do we take away from this unexpected display of unwavering love? Here's just a couple things. If you want to jump down, you can. It's totally up to you. One thing we take away, no one can love like our God. No one can love like our God. Now, we want to, right? Especially if we're men. We want to be that. We, want to, we, we don't want to waver. I, I thought about um, David in the Bible. David, if there's, like, if there's a man's man in the Bible, it's David, right? Um, if you go watch movies like, you know, 300, whatever, like they make movies about the things that David actually did. He's a man's man. David um, would do stuff like, you know, fight a giant, cut off his head, hold it up. I mean, that's, that's manly, right? Right? Am I in the wrong church here? I'm in a church of women that are like, I'll hold up the head, you know. Like, when, you're, when you're chopping off a dude's head and you're holding up and the blood dripping on you, that's like man stuff, right? That's an R-rated movie. That's right. And we would say about David, well, there's a man, he would never waver, but he did. All it took for him to waver was watching a really pretty woman take a bath. He wavered like that. Had her, had a kid, offed her husband. He wavered. Wait, wait, wait. This is the same guy that like took on the giant and held up the bloody head. Yes, he wavered. He's the best we have. We are unwavering to a point. God is unwavering to a fault. We will never love like God. Let me just set you at ease, okay? We read the story of the prodigal father, and we think to ourselves, yeah, I want to be the dad. I mean, I read that as a dad, and I want to be a dad. This has never happened, right? But if Parker just came to me and said, Dad, I'm out. I'm out. Um, I'm, I'm the oldest by 22 minutes, but I'm even willing to give that up. Just give me a third of my inheritance. You give Will the other two-thirds, and I'm out. I'm gone. And he just does the unthinkable, moves to Arkansas. He's not calling me. He's not sending me Father's Day cards. He's not even making me Father's Day cards. He's not giving me birthday presents, Christmas presents. He's got nothing to do with me. I, I want to read this story and think if I saw Parker at a distance, which would be, you know, Frog Pond, I would run to him, pretty long run, and I would hold him and I would hug him. And I'm just telling you right now, it's, it's our sinful mind. We read this and we put ourselves in the best possible place in this story. And there's only one place for me and you. Maybe two. But never the dad. Never. We'll never love like that. We can only be loved like that. The story, the place of the father is reserved for God. He's the only one I know that can love unwavering like that. Some of us are looking for that love, like the old country song in all the wrong places. We want to find the right man who will be unwavering. I'm just, let me just um, look at the guy sitting next to you. Go ahead. He's awesome. Am I right? He's fantastic. But he's not unwavering. He will be unwavering to a point. 
But something will happen. He will waver. Let's just take that pressure off him right now. Let's stop looking to our dads, our spouses, to be the unwavering person in this story. Let's just start looking at Jesus. And let's look at God and let him be that part of the story. God is unwavering like that. We'll never love like God. Um, Dads will fail, even the best ones. Do you know that in America today, 43% of children live in a fatherless home? That doesn't scream unwavering, does it? Men fail. God doesn't. No one loves like God. No one loves longer than God. Um, you and I, man, we're, we're going to give up on people long before God will. Um, there's a verse in Jeremiah that really sums this up. Jeremiah 31, 3. We'll just start in, start in verse 1. It says this, At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the, cli- of all the clans of Israel, and they will be my people. And this is what the Lord says. The people who survive the sword will find favor in the desert, and I will come to give rest to Israel. The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. God comes to us in the desert, right? He runs to us. And here's what he says. I've loved you with an everlasting love. And the younger son's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Just make me a servant. No, no, no. I can't make you a servant. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Just got some pigs, I'll feed them. No, you won't. And he whips out the robe and he puts it on him and he whips out the ring and he gives him. He turns to his men and says, kill the fatty calf. We're going to have a little bit of a party. And the son's like, no, I don't deserve that. It's like, it's not about what you deserve. It's about what I want to give. I love longer than anybody else. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Third thing, it means that our, no one can go too far away from our heavenly father. The fact that the younger son couldn't out sin the father's love was eye-opening can i just set you at ease right now you cannot out sin the cross i'm not saying you should go try because if you go try it's going to have some repercussions in your life but i'm just letting you know you can't out sin the cross it's not possible which means you also can't earn the cross the cross is just a cross god just said i want you I've been looking for you. I am going to make a way for you. I love you. He was unwavering to a fault. Let's let's close reading this passage together. I, I mean, I'll read it for you. You don't have to read it with me. Romans chapter 8 says this. You've heard a lot of these already. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. 
And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And right now, no matter where you are theologically, you're going to spend a lot of time on those few verses. Let's just move forward, okay? Because we're going to get to parts that you'll go, oh, yeah, I understand that. I'm not sure about the predestination part. I don't understand, but I understand this part. Here's the part you'll understand. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Raise your hand if you deserved it. Yeah, we don't deserve it. He gives us all things because he is unwavering to a fault. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or pig slop? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul wrote these words in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. He said, if I could pray one thing for you, I'm paraphrasing. If I could just pray one thing for you, I would pray this. And this is my prayer as your pastor over this house. If I could just pray one thing for you, this is it. I pray that you would grasp how high and how wide and how long and how deep is the love of God towards you who were in Christ Jesus. I mean, like, I've already talked past your ability to listen, right? I'm just praying. As we wrap this thing up this morning, the band's going to come. We're going to sing a song. We're going to pray for one another. I'm just asking God, please allow us to begin to grasp the greatness of God's love toward us. Something you cannot earn. Something you cannot lose. Something that has very little to do with you. And has so much to do with him. We have seen glimpses of unwavering love in our dads. But I'm telling you, there is no love more unwavering than the love of God towards you. And it is the kind of love that draws us in. You start this service by saying to God, I'm a three when I used to be a seven. I'm a five when at one point during camp, at camp, I was a 10.3. This morning, his love just grabs us and pulls us in a little bit closer. So what do we do with this? What do we, how do we wrap this whole thing up? How do we put some handles on this? Let me give you today's big idea. You can write it down if you've got a sheet. Here's the big idea. Unwavering love will hold us whenever doubt tries to control us. Unwavering love will hold us whenever doubt tries to control us. And um, if you have lived longer than a few minutes, then you know how easily doubt can try to control us, Right? I mean, even right now, if you're like most people, you're sitting in your seat going, 
God, I don't know if it'll work for me. See how doubt seeps in? I've done too much. I've gone too far. I mean, like, Paul's preaching this stuff, and he's all into it, and I'm sure he believes it, but if he just be with me for three days, he'd know it would never work in my life. Doubt. It tries to control us. And, and what do we do in those moments? Well, sometimes we run and hide, but what God wants to do is he wants to overtake you with his unwavering love. How do we do that in a church? Do we just all stand here like this and sing songs for 30 minutes and wait to be zapped? If you really like to sing, you're like, say yes. And the other 85% are like, no. No. We don't get together and sing kumbaya until we all feel good. We don't dress the same. We don't light candles and chant. Sometimes it's as simple as this. It's as simple as saying, I raised my hand earlier. I don't feel as close to God as I used to. But something about what we've talked about this morning makes me crave that again. I'd sure love somebody to just put their hand on my shoulder and pray for me that I would, I would sense the depth of the love of God again. I've gotten really busy working, doing stuff, and I've forgotten about the love of God. I just would love for somebody to put their arms around me and just pray for me. So that's what we're going to do. The band's going to come, and we're going to sing a song about the love of God. And while they're singing, I'm just going to invite you. If, if you, you don't have to do this. You don't have to at all. But if you, you raised your hand earlier, then you already know by now that this morning was for you, right? You already know that. Maybe it's, maybe it's not even about the love of God. Maybe it's just as simple as, you know what? I just absolutely hate Father's Day because there's too much stuff that goes on. There's too much baggage in my life about my dad. And you want prayer for that. We'd like to pray with you. That's why we're here, right? We're not here to hear me talk about great stuff because I'm not that good. We're here to, to pray for each other. We're here to support each other. And we would just love the chance to do that. It doesn't have to be awkward, okay? Why don't you just close your eyes? And why don't you just ask God right now? God, could it be possible, Lord, that this love that we've read about, of this prodigal father who gave more than he ever had to, who loved with an unwavering love, a son who did everything to not deserve it. God, is it possible that you could be that dad and I could be that son? And that this morning as I sit here and hope that it could be, that you would simply respond, God, by saying to me, yes. And I want you to know that God is saying yes. He said yes at the cross. He said yes this morning because you're here and not somewhere else. So as the band starts to sing this song, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to sing this with them. And if you would like prayer this morning, I'm going to ask you to come to the front and so let's pray with you. I would love to pray with you. There are others here that would love to pray with you. Nobody wants you to stand alone. Not on a day like today. 
You respond and we'll pray.